what's up guys? It is David and Steve coming to you with another episode of The Rig. Yeah. <laughs> is it me? So is it The Rig or Meet Us at The Rig? Well, the name of it on, on, on uh, yeah, iTunes, not Apple, uh, no, uh, whatever. We're, we're, on auto pla- we're on Apple Podcasts, Google, Google Podcasts, Anchor. Yeah. There was another one that I don't even know what that was. And then we got a review. We got a five-star review. We do. Thank you. That's pretty nice. For it's pretty nice. That was. Uh, and so it is, it is, you can find us, if you're listening to this, you don't need to be able to find us, but it is Meet Us at the Rig. Um, and that's so I can be a little bit more clear about the, the name of the rig. <laughs> Maybe we'll change it to the rig. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, we're coming to you guys today uh, to talk about this concept of training versus testing. So right now here at uh, CrossFit North, and we're in the middle of a test week. Yeah. Um, and we are also, we are coming up on the open. It's really, it is like. Yeah, what's the, the actual break is, we'll have a week before. Yeah, so okay. after, this, after this cycle ends, cycle three ends, um, training cycle for those of you who don't necessarily go to CrossFit Northland or follow along right. with the training, the training cycles that we do. Uh, we will have uh, a week and then we'll be into uh, the open. And that starts on the Thursday, which means our first open workout as a gym will be that Friday, October twelfth. Yeah. Wait. <clears throat> and uh, I think be, uh, being a test week and being that, that probably uh, for the uh, this is a weird CrossFit season. I'm, I'm like putting for those of you who are not watching me, I'm putting quotations around CrossFit season here. Uh, whereas we normally only have one open per year, and that's kind of a good uh, time of the year to benchmark and kind of see how you're doing in the in the world of Fitness, uh, we're having two of them this year, which is different, which is weird. Um, but it is a good time to talk about this concept of uh, training versus testing. And I, I wanted to start by defining those terms. Mm-hmm. Are we going to do practice too? So in my mind, training and practice are kind of the same thing. Yeah. So there's, there's, you, I think it's always nice to draw analogies to the sports world mm-hmm. because that's typically most people who have inter- interacted with strength and conditioning in, in their past have done it through a, some sort of a sports lens yes um and typically within a sport there's there are there's off season there's in season that is the in between of the games yes right so there's kind of the three different phases and there's probably more than that and i'm probably oversimplifying but really it's kind of like uh time of year where you're not you're not doing any competing you're just doing purely training mm-hmm. there's a time of the year where you're doing uh, you're getting yourself really well prepared for the competing, and then there's the competition themselves, and then the sports world's games. For for us, I say training and practice are kind of the same thing because we're in this year-round habit of of exercise, or this year-round habit of of working toward a goal, training toward a goal, um, and so that's that's the one aspect is training and practice. The other side of that is so the versus is testing and competing, um, and testing and competing are seen from my, my stance as the game or whatever it is that you are competing in, competing for. Uh, a lot of times in the world of CrossFit specifically, we kind of get, or, or, or really any strength sport in, in specific, um, you get, we get hyper-focused on the PR, we get hyper-focused on the time it takes us to complete a workout, we get hyper-focused on how fast can I do my mile run or how fast can I uh, do 20 pull-ups or whatever it might be. Um, and that is the testing. That is competing. Right. Um, and, and the reason why I wanted to, to delineate those two things is because it's very easy getting into CrossFit to see it all as competing. 
right? Every day you come in, you score your workout. Every yeah. day you come in, you score your strength. Um, and then it's ranked on a whiteboard. Correct. And it's really easy to look at that and say, well, every day I come in, I'm competing with all these other people. Um, and I just, uh, I want to uh, urge people to look at it as two different things. And that there's really cycles to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's the, the cyclical nature of competition in, gen- in, in general, um, but specifically like the sport of CrossFit. Um, one of the reasons why we do cycles the way we do, so we have typically uh, a test week and then we'll have five to six weeks of training and then we do a retest week. Right. Um, and the way that that is set up is with the mentality that you have two weeks of testing and you have five to six weeks of training or practice. So for every two weeks of testing, you have almost three times the amount of training or practice. Um, With the idea being like in a sports environment, you can talk about this a little bit more. Uh Um, If you played games every single day of the week, what would happen? (laughs) You'd die. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you probably wouldn't get much better, right? Right. (laughs) Uh, And so this is where like there's contrived scenarios that are similar to a game that you do during the off, not off season, but like the practice between games. Like if you're talking about the in-season period of football or in-season period of baseball, there's like the, the sharpening up practices that you do. Like we're going to, for baseball, like if you're, if you're a pitcher, you are you are having outing maybe one every three, one every four games, but you're still going to be throwing some bullpen. Right. Days three and four before you go to your on the, in the show, you're doing your competition on on day four, um, and the reasoning for that is to stay sharp. Um, but then also, like you said, you're going to die. Well, the person may, they no, might just yeah. blow their arm out. Right. Uh, or in the world of <laughs> football, in the world of football, you're probably not going to have a very good yeah yeah very good season or very good outcome. And it's um, you know. All of it, and I love this conversation just because it does correlate to the sports world. Um, and I think sometimes, unless a conversation like this happens um, for the people who care, it's hard to draw that line with how CrossFit lines up. You know, for us in the sports world, one, uh, you're right, if we had a game every day, Right. There's only so much better. There's only so much better we can get. There is also just in the sense of like what happens when you're playing the game, you're doing the thing. Uh, you're putting everything you've trained and developed and practiced to the test, whether it's the unknown, um, whether it is the stuff that you, you know, like in football specifically, uh, we would do practices. And we might be playing an opponent and we have, one, done enough studying to know K-State runs power in this formation 87% of the time. We know that. We practice that. We prepare for it. Um, Practice in our world is, and I I see why you align training and practice. Um, Why I asked if practice was different is because for us, practice was Yes, we're going to run through it full speed. If we make a mistake, we have an opportunity to stop and say, what happened? And try yeah. to fix it. So when the game comes and we can't. You can't say, you can't say everybody, can we just take a break? Ah, time out. Pause. <laughs> run that play again yeah. so we can figure out what. Yeah. No, like, so that's why practice was. And I'll tie it to CrossFit on where I struggled a whole lot when I first got into it. Um, and still to this day even, but practice was that time of 
here's what we're doing. Here's how we need to, you know, fit up. We used to call it fits. Here's how we need to fit when this play happens. Here's why. Run it. Uh, we messed up. Run it again. We messed up. Run it again because in the competition, we can't. there is no, no. Uh, hey, uh, Coach Snyder, can you run that play over again so we can try to do it right this time? Um I guess I guess a good a good uh, so last last episode we were talking about everything has a cost yeah um, and we talked about uh, you just completed a CrossFit competition uh-huh. at that point and this I guess is probably a, a good uh, example right so there was four workout four workouts four four workouts that were all released beforehand mm-hmm. so you had the ability to do them beforehand right right and I would say that that is an ability to, uh, that's you get to practice mm-hmm. um, and so this is probably there's a little bit we got a flag going around. Yeah, so those of you watching us, you're watching us flip around and try and get them. <laughs> uh, so you had opportunities to practice those those uh, those workouts, right? Um, those competitions, um, individual competitions. Uh, but and this is where I think there is a difference between practice and training. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get more fit, right? In the time that they released the workouts to the, I mean, it was like some of the workouts released like a week before. Uh-huh. Yeah. So like you're not going to increase your fitness, which is going to typically like fitness in my mind, I'm talking like organic adaptations, even right. probably neurological, unless you're going to be spending a whole bunch of time learning a brand new, going from kipping pull-ups to butterfly pull-ups or yeah. whatever it might be, neurological skill, you're not going to increase your fitness. But what you can do is improve your strategy right um, and so that's where I think practice can come in and make a difference on the day of competition mm-hmm. um, but at the same time when you're doing those workouts you're not getting scored like you're, it doesn't matter how you do in that workout exactly. for the weekend like right. they're not gonna say oh you did really well on your practice that practice run <laughs> so, and that's exactly what it is it's strictly for the like I say you mess up we're doing it again because we need to figure out What's happening to where we're not executing on this? That is the biggest thing that I always struggle with. And I and actually, when I first got into CrossFit, I had more time to practice things. And it wasn't under the time crunch of three, two, one, go. And it wasn't, oh, I got to hurry up and get out of here to go pick my kids up. And I think for uh, more competitive folks or maybe folks that come from a uh, – you know, an athletic background in terms of field sports, that is one thing I talk to my friends that do CrossFit. That is the one thing they've always had some kind of uh, angst about was like, I'm not good at this and I don't have time to like practice it. Um, And, you know, that kind of leads down to, you know, how is everything else set up or, you know, can you find free time at home to do it or do you truly need to, do you truly need to get better at this thing that you Right. And, and I mean, it, it becomes a thing because, you know, there's some folks that they just want to I want to be good at. If there's something that comes up, I want to be good at it. Yep. Double unders, rope climbs, this thing, that thing. But what we run into as adults with responsibilities is, <laughs> well, my, I might only have this hour yeah. to come in here, uh, which ties to the training piece. Yeah. You know, for us in the sports world, we always identify training as like the actual physical piece of it. I'm going to go out and run, do sprints, agility drills, catches, whatever. Um, And, you know, in here, in the gym, you know, you're on a cycle. You're going to test, see where we're at. We're going to retest. And that is the one thing I think, you know, I know trying to communicate more is like, and I I want your opinion, because I feel like sometimes it's difficult to 
that to register or to convey that in a fashion of importance for people like the whole point is the end of this six weeks you're better than where we started so if that means you need to scale back the weight to clean your movement up if that means you need to modify this workout to work on the double under cycle whatever that is what you need to focus on in this five weeks so when we retest this workout boom you can have that success you can get the gold star you can feel good and you can then say yeah i got better yeah um and and i think that you hit the nail on the head i think that a lot of it comes to so uh when you are in the in the vein of training and practice mm -hmm. you mentioned you get to stop it you get to stop what's happening you get to you get to slow down and say why did i make that mistake and it kind of comes down to learning yeah right it gives you the ability to you're basically just taking data. You're you're you're, learn, you're experiencing as much as you can experience. And if something goes differently than how you want it to go on competition day or in the day of testing, taking a step back and say, why did why did that happen? Mm -hmm. Okay, what am I going to do differently to make sure that doesn't happen next time? Or how am I going to train in a way that's going to make that not an issue anymore? Right. Um, and the, the 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 concept of learning, I think, only happens when you're at a lower heart rate. It's right. very, it's very difficult. Yeah. There are, there are, I would say there are things that you can learn and this is, we can get real detailed in the weeds about you can practice competing. Like mm -hmm. that is something that needs to be practiced. If in fact you want to be good at competing, right? Like there are skills associated with game day mm -hmm. that if you don't practice those skills, yeah. you know, you get, you get, um, you're not prepared. Offsides or, well, you know, whatever <laughs> right. it might be where it's like, that was a silly, that was a silly mental issue. Um, but uh, for the most, most part you are, uh, low heart rate training practice in a place that you can uh again stop pause reflect mm -hmm. retry something brand new get feedback get feedback you know, absolutely if you're in a coached environment like yeah hey this is what you're doing <laughs> do it again <laughs> whatever it is you know try and try to clean up that technique right try to uh don't just continue to bash your head into the wall with double unders. Don't keep on you know, whipping yourself every single time. Try something a little bit different. Because if you do the same thing over and over again yeah. and you don't see any progress, there's no reason why you should expect the, the 744th time that you try it. <laughs> All of a sudden, things are going to click. Yeah, That's where typically, and I love hearing about it, people say, you know, I, I was... I heard I was ta I was in a different person's class and I heard the coach give me a cue and every all of a sudden things clicked. Or I was watching a YouTube video and all of a sudden things clicked. I'm like, yes, absolutely. Yeah. However, you have to be open to receiving that, right. that feedback or open to receiving the 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 guidance towards wherever it is that you're wanting to go. Hundred percent. Um, so these things uh, change too throughout the phases of athletic development. So I'm thinking specifically when I was when I when I when I jotted this note down, I was thinking specifically about your daughters. Mm -hmm. Uh, getting into, into soccer. When they got into soccer, how did those games look? Uh, raw. <laughs> uh, just a bunch of running around and... Chasing the ball. Who knows what's going to happen and hoping the ball goes in the net. Uh, and, and you still had games, right? Mm -hmm. Those games, do they keep score? Um, at a certain age, no. But we're at the stage now where scores yeah, score kept. kept. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I guess the reason why I bring this up is because typically, and I mean, I think back to for baseball, most people start with t-ball or coach pitch, mm -hmm. and there is a score, but very little emphasis is put on the score, and more more emphasis is put on how like what's the you know the the, 
the application into the game. Like, mm-hmm. are you swinging the bat? Are you right. uh, are you running after the ball? Are you kicking the ball? Are you dribbling? Uh-huh. Like, are, are you are you uh, passing to your teammates? Like, those right. are the things that are more more uh, emphasized early on. And I think that's a similar. There's a corollary there to the like the mechanics yes. associated with CrossFit. If we take some time as we're new to these movements to focus on mechanics, good mechanics, good movement, mm-hmm. it's going to apply to down the, down the road, down the chain, being able to focus on, hey, we won three to one today. I had, I don't know, whatever the stats are you can do in soccer. I, was, <laughs> I started sprinting down that road. I had nowhere right. to go. Uh, but you can start to care about that as opposed to saying, yeah, we, did, we won three to one. However, I still have all these these issues that I need to, to deal with, and you're always going to have issues to right. deal with. Um, but if you if you kind of shore up those mechanics before you worry so much about the outcome, before mm-hmm. you worry so much about the uh, the times on the leaderboard, or you worry so much about the weight on the bar, yeah. soon you can worry about those things, and then we don't have to worry about the mechanic stuff. We don't have to worry about uh, what's going to happen if our technique breaks down super horribly to the point uh-huh. that we injure ourselves. Um, and I think that as we get into, and this is where it's, it's, there's the fine line between looking at the leaderboard, looking at the whiteboard, yeah. and saying, ooh, I want to be faster. I want to be better. I, I want to beat these people. Because mm-hmm. competition is a healthy thing. Yeah. Friendly competition is a super healthy thing. Um, but the realization being, too, more likely than not, we should be competing with who we were yesterday, mm-hmm. more so than the people, especially the people who have been doing it for five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years. Right. Um, looking at some of the folks that we come into class with who have more time to practice throughout the day. Don't compare yourself necessarily to those people. Well, you know, this person can do 397 unbroken double hunters. Like, well, th- good for them. Like, right. how much time have they spent doing double hunters? Yeah, and I think it's all of that to me, I mean, and it's, it's so, that is so layered in itself because we do have folks that come in here And the reason that I always will encourage, go do something, go do the competition, go do whatever is because this is some people's thing. Like, and, and, but do you see like the, the dilemma it puts a person in is like, if you come in here every single day and this is your game, what do we just say about having a game every day? You're not putting yourself in a position to actually get better because you're always worried about the fastest time or lifting the most weights or who knows what is going on as opposed to, damn, I've been trying to get double unders for five years and I still ain't got one, but I'm still trying to go fast. (laughs) And it's like, okay, how do you, and and some of it maturity, yes, some of it is, you know, on us to enforce like, dude, and I think we do a great job of it because we talk to people about their goals. Because that's another thing. It's like if you don't care about any of it. Don't care. It doesn't matter. It, it doesn't matter. Like, all yeah. right, we'll just do. <laughs> then come in here. That's what we have don't a fitness track the, for. Don't worry about the weight on the bar Just get you a good sweat. Get out of here. But then it's like if you're trying to do the RX thing yeah. and you're running into these limitations, maybe we do need to look at this cycle differently. Maybe you need to take more time where, yep, I get the wad is this and you're excited about it, but you know you're trying to execute double unders. You're trying to execute whatever it is. You're trying to clean up your technique on a snatch. Put yourself in a position to do that. Ask the coach, how can I, what should I work at? What weight load should I work at to be able to clean this thing up? 
65, 70% and form, yep. form, form. Because you know when the test comes around, you're going to be real pissed that you didn't PR because, you know, and that's the part that I always, like, I, I want people to start think, think about it if they don't think about it. Like, what are you here to do and be okay doing that? Yeah. Be okay. Okay, yep, I'm a slow, um, you know, as much shade as I throw at Haley, you know, she's made a lot of good decisions in terms of like, uh, I'm I'm not going to do the RX weight on this. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Great job, you yeah. know, and, and, and like it is, it's a struggle when you, you want like, you know, cr CrossFit is generally a more competitive like environment, whether you want it to be or not, everybody's going and the, the coach three, two, one, go The music's loud. Everybody's moving fast, out of breath, the whole deal. It naturally kind of intensifies the pace and what you might have set out to do. Uh, I always tell like, you know, you've been in those situations where, you know, somebody's in class and they come out the gate hot and you might have well, thought about, well, I'm just, I was just going to kind of, <laughs> I was just going to kind of cruise, but since so-and-so is going fast, let me speed up. And now your whole plan's out the window. Like it's, it's that kind of environment and that requires so much more discipline and, and openness to yeah. feedback and, and a willingness to say, no, I'm going to work on this thing. And every time this comes up, this is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So in six weeks or five weeks, I can see a difference, yeah. you know, when it matters. So, uh, and I think, uh, I, I want to talk about how frequently we should be finding ourselves in each of those places. Mm -hmm. Um, but in the training and practice place, training and practice for me are, are places where organic adaptations and neurological adaptations happen. Testing and competing is where you display those things. Um, so let me, I'm, I've mentioned these before when we talked about the 10 components of fitness. Organic adaptations would be like new muscle tissue being laid down. Uh, you are uh, putting on muscle mass. You are, uh, you are training that muscle to contract fast. You are training that muscle to handle loads that maybe it's not handled before. And this would be like if you're doing... Instead of the one rep max back squat, we're talking about five by five back squat. Right. Um, you're doing, putting tension under the, on the muscle. You're doing so in a progressively heavier way. Therefore, your body's putting on muscle. That's like an organic adaptation. Neurologic adaptation would be like, are you getting better at doing the thing? So are you practicing the technique of squatting? Right. Because you can go five by five back squat and get better with five by five back squat and ram yourself into a glass ceiling. And then realize like, oh, I'm not going to get any better unless my technique improves. And then there you're going to have to drop all the way back down to a 60, 65% load mm -hmm. in order to maintain good technique. Practice enough of that repetition with good technique before you can get to the place that you can display that good technique at high rep percentage again. Right. So those are both things that need to happen in training and practice. And this is, you could do that, I said, for back squats, but for everything. Yeah. Like literally any movement that you do kind of falls, you get better, get better at both of those things. Um, and you can talk about how quickly you can get back into like the like like your uh, how quickly you can move into the next repetition, and we can mm -hmm. talk about the actual ten components. But the testing and competing is how well can you display that? So like right. when the rubber hits the road, are you able to show off your organic and neurologic adaptations? Um, and a good rule of thumb, and this is from uh, Kenny Kane from CrossFit LA. Uh, I heard him talk about this on a Barbell Shrug podcast a long time ago, but I absolutely love it. Sixty percent of your time should be spent practicing. Should be spent training. 
30%-ish should be spent competing. 10% should be on like mental toughness. Yeah. Um, and mental toughness in my mind would be like a Murph. Mm-hmm. Something where you're going to go in and yeah, you're going to, your training over the last year is going to change the way that you would uh, approach that workout. But it's going to come down to uh, the hero wads that are, you're going to apply yourself and it's not going to be super fun, but you're going to decide who you are and who you want to be right. in the midst of that struggle and that, and that, and that strife. Um, the competing for us a lot of times looks like the test weeks. So mm-hmm. test week and retest week. We have the open coming back up. Yep. Um, that's literally five weeks out of a 52-week year, right? Mm-hmm. This year it's 10 weeks, but five weeks out of a 52. Well, right, hey, look yeah, at that. Yeah. That's, that's 10% right there, yeah. right? Wow, crazy, weird. Yep. Uh, and those are also, I'm going to call those mental toughness days. Um, it's a little bit less than our 30% comp- competition, but we still, most times I see people display, we're talking about the competing, display their fitness in a way that they've never displayed before right. come the open time frame. And a lot of that has to do with the decision that they have going into it to apply themselves a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is a great thing to do. I think that we got to be careful about doing that on a day-in, day-out basis. Yeah. It's a great rep- recipe for burnout. It's a great recipe for injury. Um, and that's why we typically try to talk to our, our, everybody who's listening to this, our athletes here at CrossFit Northland, about when is an appropriate time to, to do that, how frequently is an appropriate time to do that, and maybe it's not the time right now in your life to do that for you. Mm-hmm. Maybe we should focus on just practicing the stuff, yeah. training the stuff. Showing up and getting in the uh, in the habit of showing up and working out, not worrying so much about this competition's coming up and I'm gonna go ham. I'm gonna go balls to the walls for the next five weeks and then I'm gonna go ghost mode for the next 25 weeks. <laughs> like figuring out how, what sustainability looks like and that's a right. practice thing that in and of itself. Yeah, and I think it's I it's a struggle um, because all of those things you say they make sense to me. They make sense to people who've experienced that before. Uh, but a lot of people, I think the disconnect is they don't see how that's important to them. Yeah. Um, you know, they come in, I got one hour to work out. It's got to be the most intense, impactful, hardest thing I've ever done. And they don't draw the connection between how their progress is on a better trajectory following what you said as yeah. opposed to what they feel in that particular moment. Yeah. Um, come in here, go hard five days in a row and then feel like trash over the weekend. And they don't recognize, well, it shouldn't be that way or there's another way for this to be. I can the slow down the speed up. Yeah, I can slow down and that's going to actually speed me up yeah. on the back end. And it's, uh, it's a tough, it's a tough lot, uh, line to draw. But, uh, yeah. you know, and I think, too, that you mentioned the, the, the goals word earlier, and I think that kind of comes down to a lot of it. Like, w- one of the things that we try to do with our goal reviews is ask people, you know, what do we, what do we want to focus on in the next three months? You know, there's, there's a, you know, good science out there to say that you can't focus on more than three things. Um, I would say you can, you, can, you can do a lot more than three things, but if you want to say, I want to get better at more than three things, it becomes difficult. Right. You can make an argument for up to five or eight, maybe. Yeah. I, I could get there. But if you're talking about like something that you're going to dedicate an hour a day, maybe, maybe three to five hours a week on, um, I want to get better at one to two, three things. Let's, let's, be, let's be very deliberate about what those three things are. Do we actually want to get better at those things? Why do we want to get better at those things? And then let's come up with a plan to get better at those things. Yeah. Um, and that plan might sound a little bit like practice. Right. <laughs> That's, that plan might sound a little bit like when you come in and it's a snatch day, 
and it says 90% on the board, you're not doing 90%. Right. We're going to be doing 60% or 65%. Yep. Yep. Um, every single time you lift that bar off the ground, it's going to be with arms straight as opposed to arms bent. Mm-hmm. Peyton Bach, I'm talking to you. <laughs> uh, and it becomes a matter of like how good do you actually want to be at those things? Okay, let's help. Let's let's work towards being that good at it. Yeah. Um, but it uh, it comes with that that folk uh, the 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 vision versus sight, right? Mm-hmm. The vision of where where is that? Where do you want to be? Right. Um, and why do we want to be there? Because if we don't have a strong why, we're probably not going to find our way there anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, where do you want to be, and why do you want to be there? Um, okay, then what's the what's the path? What's the direction? What's the what's the application that gets us point A to point B? Um, Last thing that I wanted to talk about is like in the midst of it, when you're in the battle, you're in mm-hmm. the you're in the fight, you're in the fran. Yeah. How do you know not, if you're not fran? How do you please. know if you're training or testing? I think that what, that the, the the mention of a, a girl wad <laughs> for most bad. people is a good uh, indication that you're probably doing a test. I'll pass. Uh, right. If you're yeah. doing if you're doing an open workout, you're probably doing a test. Mm-hmm. Um, unless it's like a redo where you're like, I just want to see if I can do it better than I did last time. Right. Um, but if you're doing something a competition where you're putting a score in, you're probably doing a test. Um, if you are in, in the place where somebody gives you, like a coach gives you feedback and you don't listen to the feedback they're giving you because you say, I got to go faster, I got to score better, or I got to do whatever, you are automatically in the testing mindset. Yeah. If you are in a place where you are able to take feedback, take what I, I'm doing, uh, let's say I'm doing squat cleans, and Steve is over here yelling at me about I'm not opening my hips up all the way. Or I need to get my hips to the bar. Or I need to stand up all the way before I get drop, on, drop underneath the bar. And I don't... I don't ask him, hey, what do you mean by that, if I don't understand it? Or I hear him say that, I know what he means, and I say, screw it. I'm just going to do whatever the heck I want to do. Anyway, I feel like this is a Jeff Foxworthy. You might be in test mode. Uh, and, and the opposite is true. So if you are also in a place where you are open to feedback, where you receive some sort of, uh, I get pain when I do this. Mm-hmm. And then you are something is mentioned to you like, hey, how about next time you do it, don't go quite so heavy and pay attention to what your shoulders are feeling. Pay attention to what you're feeling throughout your torso. Um, and you're taking it as an opportunity to learn from the movement and learn from the session. We're probably in that practice training. Mm-hmm. Do you have any guidance along those lines as well? Yeah, I, I, my guidance would be too, um, along the lines of practice and training, competing, um, you know, just understand that the, the, the mentality that goes behind it. You know, um, how I've always looked at it is if, if when the objective or the, the point becomes to win, that is how I transition into I'm competing now because, you know, in the essence of competition, not everything's going to be perfect. You don't always have time to get the feedback. Like at a competition, people are screaming at you. You got your, you know, and if your coach is there, they might be saying things to you, but you're trying to go, like you said, I am trying to win or do as well as I can. Yep. We could talk about it afterward. There's still that feedback piece that comes with it yep. um, that, that goes into it, but the mentality that goes into it, the mentality of, yep, okay, I'm here. I'm working through this practice. But I think with the mentality it has to be the focus. Back to your point of it's hard to have a certain mentality if you don't have a focus. Competition. I'm trying to win. That's the focus. So if something's not quite right, yeah. <laughs> it's good yeah. because the objective is at the end, we can clean all of that up, but I'm trying to win. Yep. Uh, in class, your mentality should be, I'm training, yep. and your focus should be, 
this six weeks when I retest devil's presses and row, yep. <laughs> I put myself in a position over the six weeks to be better at that workout yeah. um, or whatever other workout comes up. And that's the part where I've always tried to, uh, it's allowed me to throw away the other stuff. I'm just here to, whether I'm just, I, I need to keep moving or I need to clean yeah. up my technique yeah. or I have to get better at this thing. The focus is there, yep. and now my mentality can be where it's at. I can get the most out of it. And, and I think we've done a lot uh, in the last 30 minutes or how long we've been talking. Um, and I feel like there may be the people who say, well, I just don't have the time to practice still. You can still spend your hour that you're in here. If you're just coming in for an hour and you don't want to spend time working out at home or you don't want to spend the five or ten minutes after class or before class or you don't want to set up a skill session, it, you can still get better in that hour. It becomes a matter of, exactly what coach Steve just said of changing your intentions, changing your focus, making sure that when you go into that workout for uh, happens a lot, I think for gymnastics movements specifically, because typically people aren't as good at gymnastics movements right, right off the, right out of the gate. Um, but you see a, a workout that maybe has like three sets of 20 kipping handstand pushups and you've never done, you've never done five kipping handstand pushups strung together before, but you're like, Nope, I'm doing this workout as it's written. You've, Putting yourself in a position, first of all, to fail. Secondly, right. that you're going to go into comp competition mode as opposed to using it as an opportunity to train handstand push-ups under fatigue. And this is a whole other concept of, of how you can train these things to get better at them because, first of all, you don't train. You would never. I would never suggest an athlete just start training handstand push-ups if they've never done them before right. under fatigue. <laughs> um, once you've done them outside of fatigue, you start doing them under fatigue. Yeah. But set yourself up for success. Maybe take those 20 handstand push-ups and say, I'm going to do a set of kipping handstand push-ups. And once those go away, I'm going to go to something else. So you're still training handstand push-ups mm -hmm. in that day's workout. You're not setting yourself up to be super frustrated at the end of those three rounds or the time cap that hits you after your first round and you're still working on your, your 19th handstand push-up. Mm -hmm. To the, and it leaves you with that bad taste in your mouth to say, you know what, I don't really want to go next time there's handstand push-ups because I can't do them. Right. It gives you something to strive for, to work toward, that still is within that hour of the day. Mm -hmm. um, or, or maybe even another uh, example would be like if you say, right now I want to get better at my Olympic lifts. Okay, if that's the case, then you should be putting less emphasis, if you're wanting to be specifically better at Olympic lifts, less emphasis on what you're doing in your, your conditioning or, or your metabolic conditioning and more focus on what you're doing for your strength. So if you have a day where there's a heavy, there's, there's weightlifting component that's cleaning, all right, that's gonna be your focus. That's where your, most of your energy is gonna go for that day. Your intention is gonna go into that cleaning. You're gonna clean as beautifully as possible. And say that there's some sort of conditioning that doesn't have anything to do with Olympic lifting at Fran. all. Fran. Fran. <laughs> you're not going to be to the point that you're gonna try and compete at both of those things. Or you're not gonna be, like holding yourself to the point, the highest standard that you possibly can. Your high standard is going to be during your Olympic lifting. Yeah. Hold yourself to a super high standard there and then get a workout in for Fran. Under yeah. six minutes because that's typically where you should be for Fran. If you need to scale the pull-ups or you need to scale the thruster weight or you need to, to go to front squats or just yeah. push, whatever you need to do to get that conditioning piece in, you do that, but you don't kill yourself on both things. Right. Um, and that's how you take advantage of that hour and you use that hour to best suit your practice needs because we still need to practice. We can't come in here and compete every day and continue to do it in a longevity, sustainable um, year, 10 year type of uh, an atmosphere or environment like we've, we've mentioned in the last couple of times where it's the people who do it the longest, longest are typically the people who are the best at doing it. Yeah, um, yeah man. So, so do you have any, any last thoughts on training versus uh, testing? I, I just think in the training piece, you know, you said 
you know, people shy away from the stuff they're not good at. Don't be afraid to, for people to see you fail um, is, the, is the biggest piece, you know, because uh, you can either fail doing something that you know you're not good at doing or people can see you working towards getting good at doing what you're doing. If that, that's for you, there's some people who don't care and they're perfectly fine with saying, this is the focus. I'm just going to scale back this. I'm going to not do this because I'm working on this. Great. And that's perfectly fine. And typically that mindset yields you some positive results. Um, if you come into the gym worried about what other people are doing or what other people see you doing, you're, in my opinion, you're already off on the wrong foot and, and setting yourself up for failure. So if there's some stuff that you know you need work on, be okay working on it. Because yeah. again, the way things are framed is we start a cycle and give you something to shoot for to be better at, at the end of the cycle. And the idea should be, uh, unless we're a Matt Frazier or somebody at the CrossFit Games that's good at everything, we all have something that we need to work on. I, w I bet if we asked him, he would even say some things oh, that he's working on right would. now. Of course he would. <laughs> um, and that's, the, and that's, the, that, that's my two cents on that. Yeah. Don't be afraid to fail. Whether you know whether you know people see you failing or you're working as to get better at something and failing, um, because ultimately, you know, if you got that end goal in mind, uh, you, that'll put you in the best position to to have the success that you really want. So, absolutely. Uh, well, guys, thank you for tuning in for episode. I believe this is episode four. I'm not sure. Training versus testing. I just, uh, I just talk. Uh, we, we're going to be coming at you next week talking about uh, the generalist versus the specialist. My favorite. Uh, and we're gonna, this, it's going to be basically a, a, a similar to this concept because we're going to talk about the people who do best um, or, or are best suited for things um, in generalist versus specialist situations or in, in environments. Um, we're excited. Uh, appreciate you guys following along, listening in. Uh, if you haven't done so already, I think you can hit like a subscribe. Is that a thing? You can hit a yeah. subscribe button, right? You can subscribe. Yeah. Can you subscribe? You... Can you subscribe on on uh, Spotify? I know you can on Apple. That's the only place I listen. To. You can follow it on Spotify. Follow on Spotify. You can subscribe on Apple. I don't even know about Google, so I don't either way. Crazy, crazy Android users. Uh, if you guys uh, are listening and you enjoy and you want to leave, leave us a review, um, please do so. Um, if you guys also think of some things that you'd like us to, uh, to talk about, I believe we had an Instagram post yesterday or the day before um, that had, some, had, a, had a call for uh, information or a call for content. Please let us know. Yeah. We love talking to you guys. I love talking to Steve. Um, and if we can talk about things that are even near and dear to what you guys are wanting to hear, man, that's even better. Love it. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Have yourself a wonderful week. All right.